Welcome to the MUX Podcast. Today, we take a look at the song An Envoy to the Open Fields. I'm your host Thomas, and today, shortly after playing An Envoy to the Open Fields, another song with the word field came up next on my playlist. The song was Fields of Gold by Sting. So to introduce my co-host, what other songs with the word fields can you think of? The first one that came to mind was Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles, which is a fantastic song. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry Fields. Nothing is real. Heather. Uh, mine was Blue Fields from Final Fantasy VIII, because I've been on a big Final Fantasy kick lately. Well, I just recently rewatched The Matrix for the millionth time, but it's been a while, and so I'm thinking of Minefields by The Prodigy. Yeah. This is dangerous. Open up your head, build the show shock. What are your feelings about the Mew song of today, though? Heather? My initial feelings when I first found this album was is that it was kind of a lackluster song. It was kind of a, um, and, and I think this is actually the first time that I'm saying this about a Muse song since we started this podcast. I didn't really feel like it was anything great. It didn't really click oh. with me. It didn't feel like anything. It kind of was just like, oh, it's here. It exists. It's on the album. Let's listen to it. Um, felt like it was a real sleeper song. Um, and I really felt like that until I had to start doing research for the song. And then I kind of came to appreciate it a lot. Um, but then after the hearing the, the Philharmonic version, oh man, my love for it exploded. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, I've always really loved this song. It's one of the stronger ones on kites in my opinion. And everyone by now should know that I love kites. Uh, more than anything basically so yeah it's a fantastic song and i like the philharmonic version it's it was my favorite song of the night we'll get into that later on but to me it can't compete with the album version so yeah and my feelings are pretty much the same as heather's i i found it to be a sleeper track on the album didn't feel very connected to it and i still didn't all these years later until the philharmonic concert and when I heard that version, it was like 
somebody has breathed new life into it and and this is what it was meant to sound like and that's where i really loved it i still don't like really so much like the one that's on the uh, kites album but the one on the philharmonic is fantastic i mean i couldn't agree less um the philharmonic version is that was definitely a standout of the night when we were when watching the show and uh, yeah i really do like the recording as well um I don't know if I prefer it over the original album version. Wow. I really like what's going on 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 the song. There's a lot of layers and it's a bit of a construct constructs like many of the other songs in the album. And yeah, but it's definitely a sleeper track. I agree. It's not my favorite of the of the album, but let's let's try and see if we can change that. Yeah. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. <laughs> An Envoy to the Open Fields was first featured on the album And the Glass-Handed Kites from 2005 as track number 10. It's produced by Michael Beinhorn and released on Evil Office, Sony BMG and Columbia. Envoy is furthermore ranked at number 23 out of 121 songs in our big Fringers survey. Fairly high up for um, a song of this caliber, don't you think? Yeah, I'm actually really surprised to hear that. I think it's right where it should be. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess we'll we'll dig into it later when we get there. The the last things to say. The singer of the band Dinosaur Junior, Jay Maskis, adds backing vocals to the song. Seen enough to eye you, but I've seen too much to try you. It's always weirdness why you dig it much too much to fry you. IGN.com says this about the song. An envoy to the open fields seemed to fly out of the speakers and float upwards towards the sky. It was also featured on the recent release Mew with Copenhagen Philharmonic, where it was conducted by Hans Eck, composed by Carsten Fundale and produced by Carl Pierre Skipstedt. Sasha Ryabina does the additional backing vocals. version is available on a five-track iTunes exclusive called Live Sessions EP from housekeeping out the way let's just dig into it heather yeah give us your full take on the song yeah um so onward to the open fields has in my opinion the most grandiose opening of any new song that's currently available and i i honestly can't think of any other opening that is as cinematic and as theatrical as this and while Candy Pieces has a high energy intro, which is right now that's the only other song I could think of that has such a powerful intro, 
um, they vary in terms of how uh, of the emotions that they convey, right? Um, so Candy Pieces, for example, kind of wants to gives you that you know in a boxing ring sort of feeling, whereas um, Voice of the Open Fields has this very cinematic movie esque sort of feeling to it. Um, I'm overjoyed that Mew chose this song on their Phil Marnock album, and I think it would have been a really incredible disservice if they hadn't included it um, because of how many layers there are, how many of those layers overlap. There's just so much depth. There's so much dynamic that it's perfectly constructed for a symphonic piece. So after that's why I was saying before, like I'm once I heard the Philharmonic version, like my my love for the song just you know, completely amplified. Um, the held out guitar chords are easily interchanged with the symphonic instruments that introduce themselves quite ostentatiously. And then the phrase ends where the next begins and it feels like it's tiptoeing melody. So you have this, this huge opening and then everything sort of like pulls back. So that's where you get a lot of the, the wind instruments in the, the Philharmonic version. And the song itself is a really great contrast of valleys and peaks in the songs um and it's a real journey that the listener gets to experience um sometimes when i'm listening to music uh, i kind of imagine a scenario in my mind and one of the things that i kind of imagined was a a diplomatic envoy arriving in a carriage that's approaching a fortress like a castle um and as the song pulls back you know, the guards on the, the wall sound their horns, the fortress gates slowly open to reveal an ambassador approaching the envoy, and then they both meet. There's quite the distance between them that slowly closes in as they walk towards another one another, and the guards are still standing at the ready. And the rest of the song has so many crescendos, uh, crescendos being um, the volume gets gradually louder. Um, mezzo fortes, which is a musical term for moderately loud, piano, which means uh, soft volume, and even some pianissimos, which is very soft. Um, the song is, like I said, it's a journey, and while it's a sleeper, um, it's not one to dismiss. And, and I think it, it takes time to really appreciate it. Um, this is not one of those songs that you would introduce to, you know, maybe, maybe if you have a musician friend, like a classically trained musician friend, you might want to show them this piece because they can appreciate the symphonic sound. But as a, as a band, I don't really think so. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, there's a lot of things that are happening instrumentally as well. And I'm going to be honest here and I'm kind of sorry for it. Um, I'm having a hard time discerning this time signature that's in the song's opening. Um, although a lot of the song is in 4-4, uh, the instrumental melodies play off the eighth notes of the drums. And if you listen to the verse in the pre-chorus, the instruments line up in time. And then on the next phrasing, we'll kind of play off the, the, the eighth notes of each other. It's a lot of fun. Um, the depth is really exquisite due to the fidelity of the signature, uh, gritty sound of the whole album, the dreamy vocals, and the layering. And with it also featuring Jay Mascus, it adds that extra interesting thing that your ear picks up. Just like, wow, 
I haven't heard this, you know, for the majority of the album. This is different. Um, there are also some alternating time signatures as well that are kind of out of my ears reach. Uh, again, I'm really sorry that I can't provide that information because I don't know what it is. Uh, but if we do have the opportunity to ask Mew, I will absolutely bring that up to them. See if we can get that out of them. I was thinking, like, to, to in, insert, uh, you said, like, it's a bit of a journey. Um, I think you're completely right. It is. This is definitely one of those songs that you have to sit down and listen mm-hmm. to yeah. to really get with it. It's, it has a lot of changes and a lot of layers going on, which creates that sort of musical journey. Correct, uh, yeah. I'm thinking of, like... Uh, clinging to a bad dream. Sometimes life isn't easy. Yeah. Uh, those sorts of songs that are very constructed. Yep. Zookeeper's uh, yeah. Boy has it as well, in a way. Yeah. B- before we move on, uh, I want to ask you guys what kind of images do you have in your head when you listen to the song? Because I get a lot of images when I listen to it. I'm going to wait until my um, explanation of the lyrics comes through before I get okay, into so that it's because connected. it's all dependent on the imagery. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's very much uh, almost a Scottish or Northern mm-hmm. English yeah. countryside yeah. with like hills and cliffs, yep. uh, almost mountains, I would want to say. Yeah. Um, fields on like a summer day or something like that. Yeah, I get that. I get that too. That's yeah. that's really exactly what I saw when I was explaining mine. Just, you know, in, in, in Ireland, in the, the rolling hills of England, something like that. Yeah, well, the sound of music, the hills. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get an Irish green field in my head. Just that mm. some kind of you know flying over it. It's just just that big, like, real sound that just kind of released into a um, gigantic space, right? The mm-hmm. boom, and then it's just allowed right. to yeah. resonate throughout in yeah, the space. Exactly, yeah. that's the word for it. Yeah, and uh, it just gives that. That feeling, I'd, I'd kind of love to see this played in like a stadium setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll get to to the live renditions of this further down. Let's let's move into the song title here, "An Envoy to the Open Fields." I feel like there's some definitions we need to get in place here. Um, I don't know if anyone, maybe Heather or Anne, you wanna. Like what? What is envoy? What is, can you give us a definition on that? So first of all, in an envoy or an envoy, it's pronounced both ways. Um, the definition is a messenger or a representative, um, specifically in a diplomatic sense. So um, synonyms are like a delegate, a deputy, uh, an intermediary, a mediator, negotiator. Um, you know, I'm sure you've all seen movies where you know there's there's an ambassador that delivers a message from another kingdom or, you know, or, or something on another individual's behalf, being their mouthpiece. That's kind of what an envoy is. Um, I'm thinking of uh, what they call the religious people who go to other countries to... Oh, a missionary. Their missionary, yes, yeah. that's the yeah. word. Um, yeah, that could be it. That could be it as well, absolutely. Um, so... I know we're not getting to the lyrics discussion just yet, um, but I kind of feel like the envoy is himself and the open fields is just a situation that he's he's in. Like, he's a small piece in a big situation. 
and trying to kind of navigate that this whole dynamic between him and this other person. Again, we'll get into the lyrics in a little bit. Whether we're right or not, uh, this is this is just kind of our takeaway. So that's that's what I got from it because I don't think they they sing the actual lyrics in the song at all. They do have reference. Say the word feels. envoy once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they say fields, but don't say the whole. They say the word field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right, but not the not actual. The... Yeah, not mm-hmm. verbatim. So right. very interesting. It's like sending a, a delegation of, yeah, negotiators or something into an open field, and what's an open field? Right. Um, Is it in like in a war about? or? Yeah, I was thinking that, like, for World War One or something. Yeah, like battlefields. Like, that would yeah. be a bit of a mm-hmm. bad situation. Um, it could also be, I guess it could also be, like, an open field in a, as I said, a missionary in a different country. There's a, yeah, there's a lot. It could well, be a, it mean, could be anything, I suppose. I, I, yeah. Like, Envoy isn't, it isn't a specific kind of, a specific type of messenger. Right, and 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 open field isn't really. It's a very neutral sort of thing as well. So it could be an open field in a threatening way. It could be an open field in a calming way. Um, it Sports really sort of, yeah. Um, very very neutral. Don't know why you want to send an envoy to the football field. But, no. <laughs> you know. Um, but like I'm thinking like a battlefield, an envoy to a battlefield. Yeah. I mean, there are there are some references to war, I suppose. Um, I think in China Very Tree, on the very first song of of Kites, there is like a mention of it. Like, so I don't know if it. it uh, I don't know if I'm personally getting that vibe simply due to the album and the fact the song the song is part of that album. I mean, we. I guess we might as well start to get into it. Like, um, all right, take it away, Anne. All manner of malady come to be seen. All manner of malady come to be seen. Why do you call me at the door? You don't know me. Why do you? Why do you call me all the time? You don't know me. In the corners of eyes, I'll stretch the sky in blue. And I'm thinking you're made for me. And I'm thinking of things you said. Hey now, no using me. Hey now, can you see them? No use in me, when all you want is. And when you go, I stay. There are no complications. And when you go, I stay. The blood is on moire hands today. Why do you call me at the door? You don't know me. Why do you? Why do you call me all the time? You don't know me. A sign to ascertain their find. For I believe these fields divide the other world. We timeless horse employ envoy how do you know where did you go solar i can't see anything collide with me in the corners of your eyes i'll stretch the sky in blue and i'm thinking we knew no better and i'm thinking we're dying these lyrics are so good Mm. yeah they're amazing especially especially that last verse which one are you referring to exactly? Um, the assigned to ascertain their find, for I believe these fields divide the other world. I just, yeah, all of that is so good. I know. It doesn't grammatically make sense. I don't know what we timeless horse employ is, or 
you know, I think that's the only line that I don't really get, but yeah, still. Yeah, weird one. I love these off rhymes. It just means like we employ a timeless horse into an envoy, I guess. But it's just, yeah, how we... Interesting. It's very Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> sort of backwards <laughs> yeah. way of speaking. Uh-huh. I noticed the collide with me, and mm-hmm. it's just after Sola. I can't see anything, which gives. Uh, which song was it we were talking about? Was that Apocalypso? Something about big colliders. Oh, uh, uh, no, crap! What, what was it and you were no, talking carry about carry me to safety. Carry me to safety. Yes, oh, yeah. you mm-hmm. talked about the big colliders and that. Um, yeah. Well, I look at that line as that. like solar, as in like the sun. I can't see anything. The sun is yeah. too bright. Well, I guess let's let's just start with the very surface reading. Um, I feel like I want to steal this one because I, I really haven't had time to dig into it. Um, it hasn't given me anything deeper. Because what, what I see is... I feel like it's almost like the feeling or description of the feeling that you get when you're dating or blind dating maybe. Uh, where the other part might be more into you than you are into them, and that's why I like this. Why do you call? Why do you call me at the door? You don't know me. Why do you? Why do you like? Why do you think they know? You know who I, who I am. And then there's the, all the the feelings of uh, hey now, no using me. Can you see them? No use in me. Like. Not knowing whether you're stepping right or wrong is kind of what I'm getting from from the song. I yeah, I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it yet, but that's kind of what I'm seeing. All manner of malady come to be seen. I feel like that, that line is kind of what does it for me. It's like, here's all the yep. bad things you'll see on Tinder. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I still had my messages from Tinder. Oh. Oh, well, Lord. this song was written before Tinder was even conceived. Yeah, well, yeah. social media was Jonas a thing. A, so, <laughs> yeah, well, Jonas is the three-eyed raven, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. Well, he sings in like with him with himself in three layers in this song. I feel like uh-huh. so it's not far off. Well, I, I think yeah, that's. Right. I think we should mention that, right? That he's kind of singing in canon with himself and with Jay Meskus. Yeah. Like they, they, hey now, no use in me. And then they start, hey now, can you see them? Like, and then no use in me song at the same time as can you see Mm -hmm. them? So, like, it's all built on top of each other and condensed in that way and repeated more than was repeated when you read through it. And I feel like that's important to mention. And it also leaves a lot of room for misheard lyrics. Personally, I have never heard, and I still cannot hear, the blood is on Moray hands today. It's always been, the blood is on your hands today. Like, that's how I've always heard it, and I feel like it's always really clear. And I've really been yeah, trying. Yeah, he, he pronounces it. it like more, and it does sound a lot like your. If you don't know what you're listening for, you're going to hear your, for sure. But when, like... Mew songs are known to do this, and, and this probably, I feel like it's intentional. Right. So I think I think it's really important to discuss what moire is. Yeah. And you know, maybe is it intentional that he's mispronouncing it? Does he know that he's mispronouncing it? Or well, I noticed he also 
mispronounces ascertain depending really? on the recording like on the album version he says ascertain in the live version the one from the philharmonic he says a certain oh oh i oh. don't think i realized that i also don't think i realized they were saying the words ascertain <laughs> so i think it could just be a manner of like they're he's reading off of his lyric sheet or whatever and and that's just what comes into his head because it's not a common uh used word in the english language really which one's correct then ascertain and can you just give a quick explanation ascertain like can you use it in a sentence here like it's it's yeah um like to determine like i can't like as in uh i i can't ascertain that the time signature of the song yeah mm. it's a determination I, I can't, yeah to determine to make a conclusion making sure about something okay so the word moire is very important in this song, and it's the one word that stands out the most if you know what to listen for. Um, so the definition of moire is a silk fabric that has been subjected to heat and pressure rollers after weaving it to give it a rippled appearance. And this is something that's been um, taken into the digital world. And in mathematics, physics, and art, there's a such thing as a moire pattern. And you've probably seen it on a monitor. It's where two um patterns are overlaid over the top of each other and create this sort of interference pattern it's like when um you think of like a, a guy wearing a houndstooth pattern coat is on tv and um the image looks all warped and rippled and it's like got different colors that kind of has come like that through. oil slick sort yeah of it's it yeah oil slick that's a great way of, of describing it it's because there's there's two patterns that are overlaid over the top of each other and it looks weird and warped and rippled as, you know, the way it's described from um, history. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're talking about is hands that have a rippled appearance. Right. And if anyone wants to Google it, it's spelled M-O-I-R-E. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with it from video recording. Yeah, it's it's very common in video. I just I never knew there was a word for that. It was a big uh, thing when the first digital DSLRs came out. They yep. a lot of them suffered a lot from it in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Simply due to how the sensor, they, the the computer was reading the sensor, and it did it line by line and interlaced, which means every second line, and then it switches to every other line, and then repeats those, and that creates a weird artifact so hmm. now i feel like i'm just repeating what Anne said but in a different way so um let's move on let's move on yeah advar you said that you uh you had some insight into the song you think well i have some insight it's a surface reading but it's it, i think it's a bit different from what you guys have read, read into it so um to me it's a, another song about sickness like you know my complications and a vaccine and so on um it all starts with the first line, all manner of malady comes to be seen. Malady is another word for sickness, I guess. Um, and I picture this song as a, as about a, a person that's suffering from either dementia or some kind of trauma. Uh, I'm working with people who are suffering from this, so I just uh, maybe that's kind of why it's in my consciousness. Because sure. uh, mm. I, I felt like, you know, it kind of reminds me of some of what, what I've seen at work, you know. Uh, 
when he thinks, why do you call me at the door? You don't know me. Why do you, why do you call me all the time? You don't know me. And then it says, hey, now no using me. Like maybe someone who suffered from trauma that's been used or abused in the past that has trauma from it. Um, but I can say that I see that the whole song is about it because there are other parts, like we mentioned about, you know, maybe it's about a war, maybe it's a, a thing between two people. I don't know, but that's what stood out to me. Um, but uh, I think it's a person that is scared of someone. Maybe uh, they have a a memory memory loss, like in dementia, you know, you have memories from your past. You can remember things from your childhood, but not in the recent years. And then maybe they see a, a person and they think it's a bad person from the past. And when it sings, and when you go, I stay, there are no complications. That to me means, you know, that when that person is gone from that person's life, everything is fine. But yeah, as I said, there are lots of things in this song that I have no idea about. This is just like what I see and what I've what stood out to me. I so. love the idea of dementia. It makes a lot of sense in a way. Like some sort of description of that. Mm. I'm go- I'm gonna stick with Otba here for now. <laughs> that's a okay. that's a reading I like. Thomas, like I, what I get from the song much aligns with yours. Um, the song is constructive, really poetically, and not sort of in a. Um, in a song sort of way, it's actually like a, to me, it comes off very literature, um, poetry, traditional poetry. Um, and I get the feeling that it's him about, it's him thinking too much about a relationship, um, where he imagines how everything will go wrong. So, you know, he, he's overwhelmed by this new relationship or, you know, um, whatever, and he's he's looking at this huge field in front of him, which is, you know, their whole relationship. And he's like, all manner of malady come to be seen. Like, I can imagine everything that could possibly go wrong. And it seems to be there's a lot of back and forth of him pushing her away, but also wanting her to stay. Um, so there's a lot of, um, I'm thinking you're made for me, and I'm thinking of things that you said. Um and when you go, I stay. So there's this push-pull sort of feeling. Um, and also the lines, why do you call me at the door? You don't know me. Why do you call me all the time? You don't know me. It's him wondering, I guess if I'm going to spin this in a new relationship sort of way, it's like, well, we just met. Why are you calling me all the time? Like, why are we hanging out all the time? You don't know me like that yet to be so comfortable. Um so that's what I got from it. Um, I also sort of had an interesting thought that perhaps he's referring to his actions as an envoy to this lover of his, since he himself can't bring himself to say what he's feeling, right? So the song doesn't ever refer to him saying anything. Um, it conveys more like himself asking himself questions, but he's stating more of his actions, Right, I'm so seeing he, any love in it, like I'm seeing none of that. In well, here. when well when I say when I say love, I'm saying just in a romantic way, not love as in I love someone. That's, just that's in what a I mean. Romantic uh, the the romantic, I don't see it anywhere. I'm, that's anyway, just I'm just gonna stay with stick with the the dementia <laughs> one. I really like that one because like let's add the layer here. 
And then there's a lot of voices going on that sings on top of each other, asking the same questions. You don't know me. Why do you like? Why do you call me? And hey, now no using me. Like they keep layering. So it's. I like the idea that it's dementia. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. I'm just gonna. Um, I was just gonna put an argument for that. (laughs) I also really like the lines of "In the corners of eyes, I'll stretch the sky in blue." Um, I look at that as as tears welling up. Um, where he, he's, uh, he, he, he's looking at, he has this like blurred version, uh, vision of the sky. So it's kind of like looking through a fishbowl. Yeah. So the, the, the field of vision is stretched out. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good take. I've always wondered about that line. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I get from it. Mm-hmm. And blow our mind. Okay. I, I have uh, more than just a surface reading of the song. Mine is a little bit um, deeper, and it does um, cover some of the things that were mentioned previously. So that's why I wanted to wait until now to, to talk about it. I think the song is about uh, a battlefield, and in the narrator in this song is a mobile combat medic or field medic on the battlefield, tending to sick and injured soldiers. So this is a, a type of um, unit that goes in and they move from place to place, um, tending to different um, troops. So they're not always in one place. So that, that would be the envoy. They're, they're moving from place to place by horseback. And I read it like with the line, the blood is on Moiré hands today. If you look at the, the term Moiré hands... I read that as being like the pruning effect that skin gets if it's underneath liquid for a long time. So you think about like you take a bath for too long and your fingers and toes get all pruny. I think the the liquid that the hands have been under is blood. So they've this person has been working on the injured soldiers for so long that their hands have pruned up. Um, so he he's a very um, like busy medic. And I think the envoy also is um, talking about he he's negotiating with death. So death keeps coming and knocking at his door, but he's got so much work to do with these patients, these soldiers, and his time is about to come. But he's like, wait, hold on. I've got stuff to do here. You can't take me yet. You can't use me yet. Um, and a lot of these questions that are, are flying around in the song may be his sort of last delirious thoughts and feelings as he's dying. And he, you know, he's seeing things that aren't there. He's seeing, he's being blinded by this light, you know, the solar, um, collide with me. Maybe he's seeing that white light. He's trying to go to the light. Oh. Um, and I also like he's reminiscing about. Yeah, fields exactly. the other world. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right, all right. So the the exactly right there. The fields are the division between life and death. Yeah, and oh. he's he's doing all this reminiscing about his lover as he's dying, and he's still like all the way up until the end when he's accepted his fate. He's still like trying to negotiate with death and say, nope, not yet. Nope, nope, nope. Um, and I think it's really interesting that on kites, this song goes directly into small ambulance would you know would sort of like give the implication that he has died and now he's going to the hospital kind of thing and then into seething rain weeps for you yeah yep. oh yeah 
Oh. It's a burial song. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That's a- Remember how, like, I thought this wouldn't be a strong episode? I'm just like, well, who knows? Maybe it'll be one of our strongest <laughs> I, episodes, yeah, period. I, well? I think you solved the song, yeah. <laughs> it is for me. So may I try and, and, and recap as I, I get it here now? It's It's a medic on a battlefield being called all the time by people he don't know. Essentially, it ends in an explosion, which is what I see in the solar, and now you can't see anything, and that's when said person is probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's I'll stretch the sky in blue. Yeah, I guess it's that sort of like yes, going into the the other world. Everything's stretching to that white light. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I I like I like that we reading of it and it's very it fits that mood of like a war movie it has like a soundtrack that kind of yeah I guess it sounds very big and grandiose in the way that I imagine a war movie would have for their soundtrack so yeah that was the visual I got from the very first time I heard it and I never heard anything different wow huh. yeah it's very interesting those three tracks are you know have that thing in common then basically and i wonder if that there makes are... me think there's a bigger design on the whole album now yeah so now <laughs> yeah. i'm thinking we need to do a special special episode maybe later on where we go through yeah we'll definitely do start like to to pinpoint it and see if we can get to a, a higher knowledge of what's going on on the kites yeah i wonder if there's like a one common theme you know on the album other than just being dark and about death and stuff. And then after Sidney Rain, it's White Lips Kissed, White Lips, the dead person. I don't know. Oh, yeah. goes on. I have no idea. Yeah, and then yeah. obviously, then when Luis Luis begins, you know, it's a uh-huh. burial march, isn't it, right? With the drums? Well, yeah, we talked about that yeah. too. So, yeah, so now you have me wondering if there's this this whole theme, kind of a, a, a fragmented story put together. And now I'm also wondering about the the title of the album. This is something we need to keep in mind now when we when we look at kite songs. What's the bigger picture? Mm. Where does it fit yeah. in? What what do we know so far? I, I feel like that's definitely something we need to to write down in our yeah. our own notes notes here as we start digging into the the album. It's definitely a concept uh, album of some songs. sort. We just need to find the concept, kind of. I think we might have found the concept, yeah, or well, at least. Sort of We've got to start the on tip it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some common yeah. themes. So, listeners, stay tuned for future episodes. Right. <laughs> cover kite songs. Is, is there anything more to say on the lyrics that we haven't already said? I don't think so. No. So I think we just discussed the Philharmonic version. Yeah. Has it been played live? Like I'm now. I'm starting to wonder. Live versions. I think it's yeah. been played a few times prior to the Philharmonic show. Am I misremembering? Well, as I could find, I think it was played seven times live in total, and that includes the Philharmonic wow. version. So it's very rare to oh. see live. So, yeah. I've definitely never seen it before. No. Have you, I guess, Anne, maybe you have seen the original version live, have you? I don't think I have, no. Yeah. I, I was very surprised to see it. Um, in the Philharmonic, so yeah. I, I, I really don't think I've seen it before. No. Yeah, I know for a fact I have not seen it. I believe it was actually in the set list on the show that ended up on the Mule Live DVD. Yeah. But obviously the song was cut from that that edit. Um, I also know that the song Mika was played in that show, 
as they had some technical problems during MRI, I believe, where oh. they then decided to play a little acoustic uh, Mika until the technical problem was solved, and then they picked up and played MRI again. So what we get, oh. the clean edit in the in the album version actually features um, a couple song, uh, some some songs that aren't in on the DVD. Um, I'll try and see if I can find the a, a review of the actual show. Okay. Because I remember I was in high school or at the time of the. Re- this is like the release year of Kites, and this was the Kobe Helen show. Yeah. Uh, I remember knowing someone who knew someone who was going <laughs> that sort of way, and so so it was funny. Then the year after seeing getting the DVD and being like, "Oh, that's that show that I've." never went to myself don't know why i never went back then i was definitely into them but i just didn't go much to shows back then there's a very grainy and old uh, recording of it in the in the notes you can see from live at copenhagen 2006 if you want to oh check. yeah that that is the show but it's just like a, a cell phone recording two minutes long it's not very good as cell phones were in 2006 yeah it's terrible uh, quality but just like it proves that it was played on that, oh, on that show yeah. yeah wow and there's background backdrop and everything for it yeah wow i had no idea mm-hmm. is it just me or was that the tour's design like their the way they were dressed all their sets they had these i, I want to say like these co- things like um they put up this theater set almost yeah. of like clouds kind of... black clouds or something mm, that yeah. were covering the the instruments and such yeah and they all wore black combined and... yeah combined with the backdrops and like uh, yeah. a very i feel like back then they used a very simple lighting like they never never mixed too many colors it was very like mm-hmm. white yeah. and darkness and then sometimes they might throw in like some basic colors and flash them a bit on more high energy parts um, but like I really loved that yeah. design it was an amazing tour it was so great yeah the thing that I noticed most about that DVD is like how dark it is it's like you you only see like little flashes of their faces and things like yeah. that it's always in the darkness mm-hmm. It's such a cool edit, that DVD, if yeah. we are to talk about that for a little bit. Um, even though the song's not featured on the official release. Um, that was cool. I've never seen that before. Huh. Links in the show notes. Shall we uh, discuss the Copenhagen Phil version? Because I know I've seen it, and Odwa, you've seen it, and, and you've seen <laughs> Heather, have you seen it? <laughs> I no. guess not. <laughs> rub, rub. It was the best song ever, wasn't it, guys? Oh, it was shame it. if you missed that one. The CD version does not hold up in any way. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, no, no, yeah. it's it's all right. Yeah, it was definitely. Well, you were of that night. But... Well, Thomas, no, it you was were, you were like, yeah. for sure. Yeah, well, Thomas, you were saying in the beginning of the episode that like the. This version didn't compare to the album version. No, I said I wouldn't compare them to each other. I wouldn't put one over the other. Really? I thought but you I don't said that you preferred one over the, other. the album. Okay. Oh, I oh. misheard you. Yeah. I thought oh, you were okay. saying that the live version was not as good as the album Yeah, version. that's what I got, well, too. That's my Did take I on say it. That? Because, uh, probably. probably yeah. I definitely prefer the album version because I just think the album is flawless. And 
that Philharmonic concert I think is good. I think I like the recording of it, but it, it just... I mean, all the album versions of the songs are better, in my opinion. It's just fun to have another version of it to listen to and to hear what they did with the songs, but it doesn't really... It's not as good, I would say. To me, my experience with having heard the Philharmonic version is the same sort of experience I had when I heard the um, acoustic version of Witness. Like, I didn't appreciate the song for what it was until I heard it played in a different way. So I think it was necessary for me to hear that live version Mm -hmm. to appreciate it. Right. But do you prefer the live version over the album version? Yes, I do. Once we've covered all songs from Kites... And we do an episode just on the whole album as a whole, because mm-hmm. I've just yeah. decided we're going to do that now. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good idea. As of right now, what's your theory? What is going on on the album? Is it a story? What's it about? Well, when we, we talked to Jonas, he talked about Luis Luisa, and he mentioned that it's about a story that happened in real life with a, a person he knows. And he also mentioned that it was a very difficult time in their lives the band they i mean there was a struggle to get through the recordings of the album so it's definitely about death and you know darkness in general um i think it's a very personal album and about that period of time in their life that was very heavy and difficult i think so in short it's a self-reflection of the Complex. Okay, I'm doing way too fancy. They were trying to do something super complex and ended up writing songs about what a difficult time they were pulling. They were having them doing this thing. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the sure. lyrics kind of reflect in some way what they went through that around that time. I think we don't know what happened, but I think maybe they lost someone or someone they know lost someone that you know that, that had a big impact on their lives. So I think that's you know kind of taints the whole album in a way anyone else with a a quick take on the entire album i think it's like a description of a human life cycle and like kind of starts off with more whimsical sort of stuff like childlike stuff and then goes into more teenage angst kind of stuff and then it's more like adults dealing with life and losing friends and family and then just continues on into more and more death. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, right, as you get older, everybody dies, and then eventually you die. You know, you've got tracks 10 through 14 with an envoy, Tobin Fields, followed by a small ambulance, and Seething Rain Weaves for you. So, I mean, like, and then White Lips Kiss, and then Luis Luisa. So, I mean, just looking at those tracks alone... And and ever since you brought that up, like my mind is just like, like I don't <laughs> yeah. know what to do with it. I know. I, I have no idea what to do with it. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the track names right now. I'm like circuitry of the wolf. Okay, you know, circuitry. It's a, a circuit is is something that has a a a, a path. It's like a where brain it, wiring. It starts where it begins. You know, it's like you know, it, it's it's. It begins and ends at the same place, so it's it's a cycle. Um, mm. China berry tree. When you think of trees, it kind of represents life. You know, why are you looking grave? Grave is another you know death symbol. Um, fox cub dealing with uh you know the mysteries of having 
an imaginary friend or, you know, something like that. Apocalypso, again, you know, that juxtaposition between, you know, whimsy of life and, and harrowing death. Um, I mean, there's just, it just makes so much sense. I, I just mm -hmm. double rainbow across the sky all the way. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> well, there are people who took was it the dark side of the moon album by pink uh -huh. floyd and played it used it as the only audio for is it the wizard of oz mm -hmm. that's, that's the one brand. and yep. people have done the same with kites mm, really i believe I'll, I'll, we would have to check up on this if we are to do this episode sometime in the future yeah, yeah. with wizard of oz with wizard of oz yeah Wow, really? I haven't heard that. No. I, I was like I'm obsessed sure with that, that Pink Floyd thing. Like, I don't remember when somebody mentioned it. Maybe it was like high school or college. Somebody's like, okay, when the lion roars the third time, that's when you start it. And then it lines up I'm like, oh my God, I have to do this. <laughs> yeah, I was. I love that. There are places where it definitely seems to line up perfectly. Hmm. Shall we... Uh... Say that's our initial guesses, and then yeah, in season yeah. thirty-seven, we'll. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I just we'll want there. to write a master's thesis on this now. Yeah, yeah. you should PhD. Like I PhD. feel so compelled, but yeah, that you can do that on your plane. Mm -hmm. That's true. What am I going to do for seven and a half hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're on the other side of the country. You don't have to fly for quite as long as I do. Yeah, that's fair. We'll do it. We'll do a special at some point. We'll definitely, if you have something worked out, we can use that as a basis. Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned to for the MuX podcast. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Monday with another great track. It'll be a B side. Ooh, a little teaser. Well, that's a kind of. It's not technically a B side. It's a split single. So. Oh, now you're spoiling too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so follow us on social media. It's always muex info the website is muex.info and here you can find pretty much everything you need whether that be lyrics fan art music videos secret b-sides and much more so uh, thanks for today guys all right yeah thank thanks. you bye bye, bye. Okay. Um It's been a while since I still sorry. <laughs> <coughs> you don't know me.